Jeez, Dad, not the car again. Oh, happens all the time with old Betsy. Have you checked out Carvana yet? They have thousands of cars for under $20,000. But do those thousands of cars have personality like old Betsy? Betsy's held together by tape. And there are raccoons living in the engine. It's a family car. Uh, there are flames on the hood? Ah, custom paint job. No, Dad, the car's on fire. How many cars did you say Carvana had? Visit Carvana.com to shop thousands of cars for under $20,000. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. The disappointments are just as important as the triumphs. When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Slap, slap, slap. Les différents podcasts de frappe. Arsenal have been through their mile and a half of pipe like Andy Dufresne in the Shawshank Redemption where you have to see the light at the end of the tunnel. El podcast de golpe diferente. But Arsenal are going through their pipe, like I say. We'll be back. The Different Knock Podcast. Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. Welcome back to the Spurs, please be Spurs podcast. A probably less light-hearted look at Arsenal with Alexander Muddy, but I'm a very good friend. Bradley Adams. Hello, mate. Now, Bradley, I don't want to start the podcast off by being, you know, too good at my job, but I am going to drop some Shakespearean level analysis on you. Are you ready? <clears throat> um, okay. Yeah, this might blow you away, and I don't want to embarrass you because, you know, we're a team. We're an, we're an analytical team. Um, yes. But uh, just... just just maybe want to get a pen and paper. Anyone listening along at home, just uh, just note this one down. Sit back. You're about to watch a master at work, guys. When your good players don't play, you don't play as well. And when you get the setup wrong, you don't play as well. <laughs> so it was a double whammy. Thanks for listening to Different Rock Podcast. Uh, we will see you uh, in a few weeks. We'll see you after the season's over when my blood pressure has returned to normal. Fucking hell, that was stressful. Yeah, mate. It, um, and to to go straight on to my word of the game, it was self-inflicted for for the most part um, for me. I feel like he, he if he if we give him the praise when you know things are going well, we also have to give him give him the what's the opposite of praise. I don't know. It's Stick, just left my head. abuse, yeah. criticism. The criticism, that's the right word. Um, when when things don't go wrong, uh, don't go right from, um, for me, a, a tactical standpoint today, Xhaka didn't work at left back last season. It, it's not worked. That, I, I, I don't understand it. Um, and then by that point, we were chasing the game and that's always difficult. It's against Premier League sides, especially Premier League sides that are well coached and ones that play five at the back to, to get back in a game just becomes more and more difficult. And uh, I felt like we did the damage to ourselves today and then had to open up so much to try and get back in the game. And and then, you know, I, we, 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 it was self-inflicted that um, we left Lacazette on the pitch who starts ball watching and leaves Mwepu on the outside of the box with a with a free shot. So it was like prime R9, that guy. And Wepu oh, fuck what it was, finish. It was a beautiful finish. I don't think you'd take anything away from that. Um I think a certain amount of blame does lie with the manager today, but there were also again just some bad performances. From from players that, you know, we can't we can't sub out. Cedric again is is was just woeful. Just consistently overhitting or underhitting crosses into the box, hitting them too close to the keeper. Um, I don't know why we left him on on set pieces for so long. 
because he just kept fucking the deliveries up. Um, I, I, it was it was just mistakes were made across the board, and then to kind of u-turn and give some credit i feel like after the changes were made even though for me they were made a little late um we were better we we improved we got more of a foothold in the game i think that's as much to do with brighton having a a lead and trying to defend it but also you know we had a lot of opportunities in that second half and we did grow into the second half it's just a shame that we um wasted almost the first 15 minutes of it by not getting some fresh legs on the pitch and by not making some personnel changes for me. What about you? What's your word of the game? Yeah, I think you've nicely opened up all the sort of themes and talking points of the game there, really. Um, and we'll kind of come to all of them, I think, individually over the over the course of the pod. I mean, my word of the game and probably my overall feeling is, um, is urgent or maybe just urgency. Um, I think it's funny because you kind of get used to it, almost the pace of a game. Uh, you know, every game feels different. Every game has its different paces and and highs and lows and flows and all that sort of stuff. Um, every game has its own sort of unique identity. And this game was played for so long at such a pedestrian pace that when the very end, it felt as though we, we found some urgency and we found some sort of um, rhythm. It really frustrated me because I was just like, so this has been in us the whole time. Mm. This, this, the, the the ability to move the the ball this quickly. Where was this on, you know, in the reaction to the first goal? Um, it felt very methodical. It felt very. Um, it felt as though a little bit like Arteta had kind of. Do you remember sort of Project Restart where Arteta? It was almost like he was playing football manager, like literally just moving people around, choreographing every single move. I, f- I felt that again today because I probably he probably feels a little bit um, exposed by the players that are missing, which we'll obviously come on to. Um, so it makes sense to some degree, but I did feel that sort of translate into the team. And also urgently, we've got to sort this out. We've, we've got to yeah. arrest this, um, this drop-off in form. We've got to find a solution to, um, to those positional problems, which we'll come to. And... You know, credit to Brighton because uh, uh, teams at the Emirates often come compact, uh, very short distances from back to front, and Brighton were lovely. They were narrow. They were they were nice and expansive, and they 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 kept us at arm's length for long periods of that game. And and not many teams can do that. So credit to them. Um, they're they're a very well coached side, and if they can add some goals, I think I think they'll be absolutely fine for the next couple of seasons if they keep Potter. So. Yeah, ma- look, massively frustrating. Um, we'll come to kind of top four chat, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, a little bit later on. Um, I don't know where to begin, really. Let's let's start with the left back thing. Um, I think having seen what happened at half time and moving to the three four three, it's clear that we need to find another solution at left back. Not because I think Jacques. In particularly bad at left back I think he's fine I mean I think the goal coming from that side was unfortunate more than um, a systemic issue because actually if you looked at the at half time most of their attacks came down the, our right hand side um, but I do think what he what we lack in midfield with with just Sambi and, and uh, Erdogan and Smith Rowe means that we have to move Xhaka there so I, do, I don't think it's an option to to have Xhaka at left back now Um as I say, not because I, I not because I don't think he does a good job. Particularly, I just think we can't afford to lose him from the midfield. I agreed. I think that's why as well. I think that's where the goal comes from because Jack is having to push up into that midfield zone and isn't 
you know, where he isn't isn't in the channel where you would want the player playing at left back to be. Right. And um that that's what caused that's what caused us issues um for 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 that movement for that for that flow of that goal and it, that that said though and sorry just to jump in i, I didn't feel like that was a s- systemic issue i think what people are going to think about from this game and i have to say I think watching the first half, and I'd have to rewatch it, but watching the first half, I didn't see that as a systemic issue. Most of their attacks came actually down our other side. I didn't feel like Xhaka left his pocket too inappropriately. I just feel like when he did, we got punished. And what's going to happen is yes. people are going to say, Xhaka at left back doesn't work. And I'm saying it doesn't, but for a different reason than I think oh, no, no, no. people say. I, and I think I'm about to echo that. And I think the main reason it doesn't work is is because it, it you lose him in central midfield. And unless you're unless you have other central midfielders, that midfield was just so unbalanced. You right. know, you had two, you basically had two eights who want to play much, much further forward as as tens yeah. or, you know, or, or Smith Rowe on the wing at some point when having Xhaka, while he's definitely higher as that left eight, mm. he still drops and he still does that defensive covering and, and those contributions. And losing that in the midfield was where we paid the penalty today. Because another reason that that goal goes in is because neither of the two eights has tracked that run into that zone there uh, for Trossard to just have a free and open shot at goal. So I think it it's like you say, it's, it's, it's not to do with, it, it's to do with the system in the sense of what what you lose. And I think the reason that we've been so good over the last few months is because everyone has known their role. Everyone knows where they need to be. And this move has unbalanced the team so much because you're having to play players in roles where they should be and want to be somewhere else. And for the best of the team need to be somewhere else. And that, that I mean, I think if we're going to talk solutions, that's why for me, um, depending on the games, but I, it's going to be wild to say, but I really, I don't think it would be the worst idea to put Saka at left back because I think that the qualitative drop-off from Saka to Pepe, whilst large, is nowhere near the qualitative drop-off that we get both at left back and in the central midfield zones by having to move Xhaka to left back. And if we're not going to play Tavares, we need to play Saka there. It's it's kind of one of those two players. Or we need to change system and, and go to a, a 3-4-3. I don't think we should do that because I don't think that that suits the players that we have particularly. And I think that we found a chemistry and we found a style. I would be much more inclined. And I know that it you, you take your best attacker off that right-hand side, but give him some free reign on that left-hand side if you need to. I just think that that is going to be the best move, you know, moving forward to to try and claw back some some energy and space in this top four race. That's a possible solution. Uh, what I'd say is when approaching any kind of solution to this, we have to appreciate it's a symbiotic system. Whatever you do in the fullback position is going to affect what happens in the midfield. Is going to Whatever you do in the midfield is going to affect what happens in defence. It's a, it's a symbiotic thing. So you can't just move one chess piece in and expect nothing else to change, um, I, I don't think. So 
Saka is a potential solution there. I think uh, he would perhaps require a bit more covering than Tierney, although he's a bit more technically secure there. Um, I think he's a better defender than T- Tavares, but then obviously we lose something on the right-hand side. And if we lose something right-hand side, we're probably going to have to put Pepe there. So does that mean you need to change someone on the right-hand side? Cedric will probably, you know, be exposed if if he didn't have Saka there. So whatever happens, we need to think about this, the 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 team as a whole. Mm-hmm. I think when Tomiyasu comes back, um, I'd be keen to put Tomiyasu and Tavares in as as was working earlier on in the season because I think that works because I think you have a more conservative fullback and a more dynamic attacking fullback. Um, I think at the moment. I'm torn between sticking between a 3-4-3, to be honest, because I think it worked in the second half. And I think if we um, commit to it, it allows Sambi to feel a little bit more um, able to step forward out of midfield and able to do a bit more in the final third, which I think he was um, doing in the second half well. Um, I felt as though there was a... There was a, la- there was a, there was a dynamic loss on that left-hand side which wasn't compensated for. See what I mean? If we're gonna if we're gonna lose some dynamism on the left hand side and have Xhaka there, fine. But then we need to compensate it for it in another position. Whether it was Cedric stepping further forward and Ben White shuffling over to that channel, you know, I don't know. But they, they seem to target Cedric. So it's it's a real conundrum. It's a real conundrum. Um and I I don't I don't have a sort of preferred solution. All I can say is I've seen on the field the three four three working and the idea of Saka moving to left back feels regressive, but that also doesn't mean it's wrong. Do you know what I mean? So I, I really don't know. I really don't know. It's it's. There's so it's many options. No, there's no winners. There's no right option right. because it isn't the first choice. You're in it, all of these are coin flips. You know, right. Saka at left back could massively work, and you know we go on a storming run and whatever. Or it could be so unbalancing on that right hand side that it, it fucks us completely. I would just, you know, it's it's whatever we do is is going to be a coin toss. I just think for me, we've spent so long in this system and this four formation with players bombing on, players not bombing on. And we've seen with Cedric today, even though having Cedric in a three did make my sphincter tighter than my financial budget with all of the new, you know, income taxes, levies being put on us at the moment very um, topical um we've seen that, that at least he could work being slightly more reserved so i think in or maybe even in the short term you put white out on that right hand side stick bobby holding next to gabrielle and put saka on the left you we're gonna have to do something i just think if we're talking about qualitative changes I think that the drop off that we might face in trying to completely switch system in a game where, you know, we're starting in that system rather than having a team who's already got the lead slightly take their foot off the gas. Yeah. That would be the worry for me. I would want to keep us in the pattern that we've seen be successful. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 you know, I don't think you're wrong. Do you know what I mean? I don't. Th- I can't. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, well, that wouldn't work because of it's because I we don't, don't know. know. We don't know. Do you know what I mean? So that that's the trickiness of it, and that's why I think taking sort of a, a bit of a step out from that. That's why results based analysis doesn't work because people will be going, oh, well, Jack the fact doesn't work because we lost a game. And it's like, oh, but it might work for another game. It, 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 it's and it also to me today functionally, Xhaka on him by on uh, by himself was not the problem. Xhaka, we can only look at it in this game 
well, we missed him in the midfield and when he moved there, that felt right. So it it's a really, really tricky one to answer. Um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, I don't know. We'll, I guess we'll see against Southampton. But I also think Tom Yasu coming back soon hopefully gives us more options. And I think I think what will happen when that happens is Tom Yasu and, and Tavares. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's what we'll see. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Sambi. I said in the, 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 the preview podcast, Look, huge shoes to fill, which he's not going to fill. It's it's not going to happen. Um, and that's okay, you know, but what does he bring? And he brings uh, very secure on the ball, though I thought some of his pass selection was a bit wrong and he, he gave it away in a few areas, but he, I think he started to cut that out towards the end of the game. He was winning headers and duels, actually, at the beginning of the game, nicely. Um, and he's, he's very, very smooth on the ball. I felt as though he stepped up a level and was able to sort of express himself a little bit more when Xhaka joined him in the midfield, when he felt as though there was a bit of a safety net there and he could step out and he could receive and wasn't too worried about being caught in behind. Um, I felt as though that that gave him the security to to step out a little bit more. Um, and we have to note but, as well that when Party played with that double pivot eight in front of him of Smith-Rowe and Erdegaard, he also struggled. Right, because I right. don't think Good point. I don't think having two very forward-focused eights Right, works Can, with yeah. with a with a lone pivot like Party or like exactly. Sambi who yeah. want to drive forward, who want to play the ball, who want to be involved yeah. in play rather than just sit and sweep. I think that's I think that's spot on, mate. And um, yeah, so you know, I I I have no real issues with Sambi's performance. I thought he was fine. Um, you know, I thought he was everyone, quite. I thought he was all right. I thought yeah, yeah, you know, as everyone you know, everyone did. <laughs> to, to the average of the team which was about I think about a 5 out of 5 uh, sorry a 5 out of 10 sorry um, yeah and that was uh, you know coming on to the sort of the game a bit more specifically it was a very slow start and um, it's similar to what I said about last time I'm always interested in the first couple of battles the first the first couple of battles uh, first couple of battles the first couple of duels the first couple of moments of a game because I, I do think they tell you a lot uh, you can glean, glean a lot from, from some of those. And the first thing, basically the first involvement that Lacazette has is he puts the ball about 10 yards behind where Martinelli needs it. Um, and we should talk about him um, because... I want I want Eddie Nketiah to start from from the next game till the end of the season. Um, or at, or at you- least until he loses that sport. Because at the end, like... We've tried it with Lacazette. It's not working. He's been given a lot of opportunities for it to work. And to put it into context, Lacazette was on the pitch for 90 minutes today, made eight passes, of which seven were accurate. Eddie and Katia came on and made 12 passes, of which I believe 11 were accurate in 29 minutes he's managed to eclipse the entire the entire link play and the entire involvement of Lacazette. Lacazette did not have a single shot in today's game. Yeah. Didn't yeah. didn't have a shot, it's... not a single one. And if you're looking at the 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 you know that fanta- we I think we were unlucky in some aspects to lose that game today, especially when you look at the decent chances that we carved out near the end of that second half. It's a fantastic save from Sanchez from that Eddie Nketiah flick on. We're it's at 2.27 XG to Brighton's 0.74. You know, we had, we had you know, the chances. It, it, 
we yes we definitely did and i think that it is time that this is this is starting to become the Willian situation or the you know the other the Cedric situation when he was playing over uh, other people we talk about non-negotiables we talk about you know untangibles we talk about things that that are the backbone of our club and part of that is playing players who deserve to be played in 29 minutes Eddie Nketiah achieved more than Lacazette did in 90 and has shown that he at least deserves the chance to start a game of football for us. Um, And I don't think, I don't watch Lacazette on the pitch and see leadership. I don't like, I, I, I looked at him today at points and he looks forlorn. He looked just devoid of anything. It, it, it was, it's just frustrating more than anything. And Again, it's that's why it was so self-inflicted because he should have come off at half time and he didn't. And then we don't have enough time to really get back into the game and he costs us a goal, costs us go to go to you know basically a point by making us go 2-0 down by just not by not ball watching. The thing that you're told not to do, don't ball watch. Keep an eye on the man that you're meant to be marking mm. and he, he's just not with it. And for a man who's paid £180,000 a week, who's in his 30s, it's embarrassing. The levels of attention and the levels of e- the levels of effort at points. I'm looking at him stroll and get angry at other players because they're not playing him the ball when he's at right wing back. What's he doing? Mm. I think that was actually an instruction, by the way, from Arteta. There was a bit of footage of him... Uh talking to Saka and Lacazette, I think he asked him to swap over because he needed some ball retention in the, in the centre, which Lacazette can't provide. Do you know what? I that That is all true. And this is not to negate any of that. But I also think with Lacazette, in our best moments in this season, we've occupied the five lanes in our forwards, uh, in our attacking play really well. Tierney over on the far side, Saka on the on the right hand side, Erdegaard one in, Lacazette in the middle, and you know Smith Rowe Martinelli on the on the uh, the one between Tierney and Lacazette uh, the inside there. Um, I think what's happened now Tierney is out of the team, that's kind of shifted into four, and Lacazette goes from that kind of pinball. You know, in a pinball, what's I don't know what the name uh, the name would be. The thing that the ball bounces off, you know, the sort of the the bumper, the, yeah, the bumpers or the the, the rivets that that the ball actually bounces mm. off. He's gone from a really well positioned rivet that can kind of play the ball off, uh, you know, to other players. I'm thinking of the kind of the Watford game to someone who basically the ball constantly misses because he's slightly out of that central zone now. He's being dragged around a little bit, and that is a structural issue. But the problem is, is he's not trying to rectify that because he. I think it's just a, a physicality issue at this point. I don't believe he has the minerals to play 90 minutes f- for, for a Premier League football team. And he doesn't have the technique to be able to, to compensate for that. So where beforehand he could just be a sort of, a, basically a bollard that people could play the war pass off and he could basically stand not stock still, but, you know, move, be 
be cautious with it, with this movement and um and specific and be able to be in the right place at the right time within a certain zone i think he's now being pulled around a little bit too much and he he's never in the right place so it kind of you kind of remove his function then and i'd rather see a pepe there or smith row there or and ketia there because they have more mobility and that's that that's it for me mm-hmm. and and even then you know if we go back to the villa game or the liverpool game or even the the leicester game and at some points the watford game his technique and, you know, all of the things that we praise him for, the holding off men, the bringing other players into play, it's its not that it's suddenly poor. It's been poor for about five or six games now. Right. It's right. not been good enough for a while, even when we've had him as that well-placed rivet. So now he's not that well-placed rivet and the technique's bad. He becomes even more defunct than he already was. Is a rivet a thing? Yeah, a rivet is a short metal pin or bolt. I was... Cluid was writing his email. <laughs> I could feel him. Um, yeah, mate. And, and also, the, the kind of biggest indictment of all this is the fact that fucking Gabriel Magalhaes was our centre forward for most, <laughs> most of that game because we needed ball retention. We needed someone who could hold the ball up. And Gabriel, you know, okay, he's not... He's not Ronaldo Nazario but he is someone who can hold up the ball and mm. and is physical and and can and can get on the end of a header and that just tells you the limitations in Lacazette's game. I appreciate for for Arteta there is no optimum solution there. There isn't one. But when you're not in an optimal situation you have to make the most of it. It's not you can't just go well we haven't got the striker we need till the summer so Lacazette can have a day off and uh, or seemingly whatever happens happens. And whatever happens, happens. No, you have to find solutions and you have to find evol- evolutions as well. And why especially not? when try especially, one try yeah. one game where there's a you play Martinelli up front or you start with Nketi or whatever. I mean, it's clearly not working. There's no open play goals from eighteen now. Something has to change at some point. And it, you know, you also have to look at the fact that there is there is a striker out there who we could have signed for. 10 million pounds maybe maybe even less that would at least offer us oh, something more than this bring up your food no 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 it, i'm not i'm not no 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 ignoring veghorst because of the vaccine issues or whatever it was there is a striker out there that 10 million pounds to a football club is nothing there is absolutely a center forward out there in january that we could have picked up for 10 million pounds that would have made us slightly more functional and slightly better that meant that we could just write that money off and bin the guy in the summer if we had to loan him out and then just get rid of him why we haven't made the decision to do something like that knowing that we don't have an option up there is frustrating it is frustrating yeah yeah uh some early line breakers from White and Gabriel, which I think when you missed the ball progression, it, it it was kind of working. I hope that to see that continue, but it didn't didn't really pan out that way. Um, I'm just trying to think of ways to get Arsenal up the pitch, basically. And White and Gabriel are some of those, but they managed to sort of set set those down. Ramsdale's kicking has been off for a while. Um, I get the sense that he relies on patterns, i.e and consistency knowing where Saka's going to be knowing where Martinelli's going to be knowing where he can ping it for Erdegaard and when the balance of the team is slightly off I feel as though he's a bit more indecisive in his kicking and he's a bit more sort of 
hit and hope. Um, I mean, that's can kind I, of work, can I, can I, working theory, but yeah, go on. Can I cut across you and tell you that y- you might actually be wrong? Go on. I've never, I've never been wrong in my life, Brad. What, so what do you, th- what do you, th- what do you think is, what do you think is pass accuracy was? Is kicking accuracy today? Yeah, yeah. It'd be weird if it was no from March twenty twenty. Um, well, perception again. Just watch the game, so I have. Yeah, the, but know, this I'm, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, it depends what you mean by pass accuracy. Is it long balls or just pass accuracy over, overall? Both. Do both. Okay. What do you think his overall I, I think pass accuracy was? I think his long kicking let him down today at times. So I'm going to say his pass accuracy was probably something like it was probably 100% in the early, uh, in the first phase, and then probably 65% in the long phase. So I'm going to say about 70, 80, 70, 79, 80. His parts accuracy was 90%. He missed okay. it and he only attempted three long balls. Only one came off though. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I as in, but I, I do agree that there has been, his kicking has not been great for, for a few games now, but it, it's like anything when you're trained, like, these guys are to play the patterns and to play this style, knowing where people are, knowing what zones they're going to be in. When the balance is off and people can't be in those zones, if it's like anything, if you rehearse or practice a certain way to do something and that's what you're doing and you're good at, and then all on the fly, you're having to do something completely different. It's, it's always, you're always going to see a drop off. Yeah, but uh, to be right. fair, uh, like like you say about the 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 kind of the the balls from from White and Gabrielle, Ben White today, thirteen long balls attempted, ten were accurate. Unbelievable stuff. Yeah. Oh, Ben Ben White's really consistent. He's he's never the problem. Um, and and also on that, you know, we were different in and out of possession. We were sort of more of a two, four two three one out of possession than a four four two. I think it was all to protect Sambi. Um, to be honest, uh, and perhaps to, to go up against Brighton, but I don't really think Arteta is the kind of adapting manager. Um, and it just, it, do you know what? It felt like a team without a technical leader. Because when Erdegaard's not running the show, which he wasn't today um, because of the balance in the midfield, and we don't have Partey, it feels like a team that's missing someone who's going to, every single ball they collect and receive goes exactly where it needs to go. And you feel the team able to push up because they know that that person isn't going to lose the ball. It's like, um, it's like Verratti for PSG. I've seen Verratti play for PSG. He allows other players to commit so much further forward because he just doesn't lose the ball. And when you don't have a player like that in the midfield or someone who's, who's operating on that level, it, it makes it very hard. Um, here's a weird one. Do you ever feel like players aren't players of a team? Like they, like Cedric Suarez doesn't feel like an Arsenal player yet to me. He feels like he's on loan. It's because no, he's I'm woeful. Not, I'm not talking about his ability. I'm literally talking about the fact that Cedric Suarez, for some reason, I still think, like he's contracted to Arsenal it, and it makes my brain hurt. It's like, it may, it's, it's, it's like Sayed Kalazanac. It's like Kalazanac in that last kind of, few years of his Arsenal career it's because you already know that they're not good enough and that they shouldn't be there and that they will be being moved on yeah you just kind of write them off 
you're you're already going. Well, why are you still here? You're fucking yeah. garbage. Hey, they've got feelings, Bradley. Oh, I don't give a shit. <laughs> uh, there was a nice cutback from Martinelli. He was getting some joy down on the left hand side, although he was doing some fucking Jogo Benito stuff, which was really nice, and no one was coming to help him. I nope. do feel sorry for Gabby sometimes because I think um, yeah, he did some good work. Uh, also, I have to say, Gabriel Magalesh has got to stop that thing where he stops running and then the player runs into him to, and he body checks the, the, the opposition because it will cost us points. He did it again today, I think quite early on in the game. He's done it so many times where he just, he runs, he steps in high and then stops basically to block the path of the player and it's going to cost us points. He does it way more than I thought because I was I, once he did that, I thought, well, oh, come on, mate. And then I was watching for it and he does it loads and a lot of time it works. But there are just a few times every game where it just doesn't and it will cost us a couple of points over a season because he'll get sent off or he'll he'll get he'll pick up a yellow and not be able to do that. Do you know what I mean? It, it just he needs to find a better way of managing space rather than just stepping out all the time. It's also predictable. And people yes. just start to work you out. I think also things thing we currently don't have the ability to sit many players down and give them a break. Gabriel Magalesh feels like a player that needs to spend a couple of days on the bench. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, I'm with you. Just to calm down a bit. I feel like there's so much pressure getting to him and and he seems so phased by it and and much less the cool, calm and collated defender that was probably our player of the collated. season. Collated? Uh, what was he? A pack of- collected. Collect, <laughs> fuck it up. Collected. He's a folder. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he, he is he is a PowerPoint presentation. Um, yeah, he he just feels less like that defender who at the beginning of the season was probably one of would have been a shout for player of the season. So if, up to that point, and now he just seems rash and aggra- way more aggressive than he once was. It's that will change next season when we get somebody in to play that third centre back role. But that I think that's for somebody, Brad. I don't even care at this point. We just need someone. Um, Say it. I think also (laughs) that we need to (laughs) we need to gain that ability in other positions as well, because I feel like again, Erdegaard is another one that's had a couple of dodgy games and could do with just a, a break. Yeah, yeah. And this is the whole thing with squad building: is you've got to get players of the requisite quality. Uh, which is hard enough, but then you've also got to have players who can also play in those positions, whether they're analogs to them or different options um, that allow you to mm-hmm. not fuck up what you do so much. I watched, I looked at the Liverpool lineup against um, Benfica and it's, you know, it's, it's unbelievable. You know, it's, it's Canate, Alisson, Van Dijk, Thiago, Fabinho, and like it's, it's an amazing lineup, but what struck me was the bench you know, and how, how strong that bench is. And not only, oh, well, they can bring it off during the game, but if you're in training midweek, you don't, you know, you might know who's playing, but you, you are aware that there are other people behind you who can play. And I think for the likes of Gabriel and Erdegaard, they know their place in the team is secure. Um, and I'm not saying that takes the foot off the gas, but what it does do is create a less competitive environment, um, which is not good for anyone. Mm-hmm. And, and also, it does, it, as I say, removes your ability to, to sit them down. Um, yeah. 
So yeah, but that's all squad building and that's a process and that will take time. Um, There were some better moments when Saka and Martinelli came inside. I felt there was some sort of positional rotation. Saka was trying to pop up a little bit more centrally. Um, Smithrow had a bit of luck and a a decent chance saved by um, Lewis Dunk. uh, Sorry, blocked by Lewis Dunk. And then the goal from Brighton, the first one. Uh, Smithrow could possibly cut it out. Um, but it's it's a it's a it's a good pick out from Dunk. Um, you know, it's their first goal in four matches. It's just a good finish. Like I I I I didn't see it as indicative of some huge systemic issue. Do you know what I mean? It just felt like a okay, it's a goal, and we've got to respond to it. And we didn't, and that's the problem. More for me, like it was just it felt like it was a bit of an end to end match in terms of um well not even end to end sort of box to box bo- uh, box to box match. Um, that just one team happened to get the break. And then I thought we need to react and respond to this and we need to wake up. Um, and that didn't happen. And that's my more my frustration than the goal itself because the goal itself felt, you know, you're splitting hairs to go, all oh, this should have happened, that should have happened to me anyway. I mean, I get, I get what you mean. Um, I'm not sure if, if I agree. I think that if there is Xhaka in that left-hand side, there's more, the run, it might be tracked that you know he is just unbelievably open on the edge and it's just it's 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 a frustrating one because it's so avoidable but like you say the goal happened so early we had such an opportunity to get back into the game and whilst conceding a stupid goal like that is annoying the fact that we didn't respond to it is much is much a worse sign more than anything. Yeah. Because we still had we still had sixty-five minutes to get into the game and to come back and win the game. And it took up to seventy minutes for us to really feel like we had any energy going. It was mm. it was so strange. Yeah. I'm just rewatching the goal now. I mean we've left three men back. Do you know what I mean? And as much as I understand, you know, it's an avoidable thing. We left three men back the whole game, and they just happen to have a. I think it's a. Uh, it looks like a five v four, and Sambi's running back. We've just overcommitted a little bit, like, and the, this is the thing. I, 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 I'm, I'm struggling to over-index goals unless they feel like they're part of a narrative, unless they feel like they're part of a story. Part of the story is us not responding to going down. I mean, that happened at Crystal Palace. That happened the other day. Um, sorry, today against Brighton. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not over-indexing the goal too much. Personally, I am over-indexing the response to it, um, which was slightly concerning. Um, and then our goal. <sighs> it feels... <laughs> it's offside. It is offside. I think it is. I think it is, mate, but it's also not a clear and obvious error. Yeah. This is this is my this issue is, with it. I think this is where the nuance is. I I wouldn't I wouldn't mind if they just said, "Look to the eye, this looks offside from the angles available because it does because at one angle you can see that Kukurea his his body is not past Robert Sanchez's chest at the point of pausing the video, and then in the angle from the back, which is a more clear lined up version, you see Martinelli's foot 
past Robert Sanchez. So I, I, there is there is an obvious argument to be made that it it could be offside, right? And and I think it is offside. You, but like you say, I'm looking at clear it now. and you, obvious errors. Well, I'm looking at it now. Martinelli's foot isn't past Sanchez. Sanchez is clo- Sanchez's foot is closest to the goal, but I think it's Kukurea's. I think it is anyway. I mean, I, again, but there's a, there, basically there's a foot closer than um, Martinelli's is to the goal, so that must be Sanchez. Otherwise, they would have ruled it uh, on side. And then it's just very difficult to work out exactly where Kukurea begins and Sanchez ends from the angle. And this is the problem. It's like it's that if it takes you that long to work out what the you know to 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 come to the conclusion and you're really splitting heads and i also i agree with the gary neville thing of going offside will always be a toe it will always be a you know so i'm not arguing that what i'm arguing is what is var for var is for clear and obvious errors when there is a there is the most horrendously obvious offside or horrendously obvious they couldn't work it out for so long to me, that says okay. Well, it's they not, couldn't at least draw a line not, from it, mate. At least it's not it's not clear and obvious. So what is it? And that's my question. It's like, was so what, it's, what is it's, that? It's not even the fact that it's it's not clear and obvious, mate. They literally couldn't. Like, Kukurea's foot is not in picture. You can't see it. But they still managed to yeah, somehow. So therefore, it's not clear and obvious. But wait, wait, wait. They still somehow managed to draw a line. Where are they taking the line from? They've guessed. And that's the frustrating part of it. If you cannot use VAR properly, go to the on-field decision. Go to the on-field decision. Hmm. What, like, what? At the end of the day, okay, Brighton fans uh, will bitch and moan and say, well, it looks offside, but the lino hasn't given it and VAR can't prove it. You don't just use this technology to, to guess. What's the fucking point of it? Why are we guessing? It's it's moronic. It's moronic. Because the thing is, as well, it's so frustrating because people will use this as a way to go, you know, oh, but they made the right decision in a moronic way. They're using it, the technology wrong and not the way that they say that they are going to use it. It's just consistency that's being asked for. Yeah, and that's that's the biggest frustration for me is the consistency. Because as I say... Offsides will always be a toe and always be a, a foot, an inch, so fine. And it probably is offside. And also, the you know it, that incident was offside. Like I, I believe it to be offside. The point is, is the VAR is intended to be used in one way, and in this case, it's been r- ruled in another way. And it does feel like a narrative that Arsenal feel like they're always involved in. Um, of course, you're going to feel like your team are the one who are going to get fucked by VAR. But I. <laughs> I don't have any data. It's just a feeling. But I really do feel like Arsenal get get something most games, which is like, you know, I, I watched a compilation of our penalty um, claims the other day that we haven't got this season. Now, I'm sure everyone has a video of that. The video of ours, though, was however many minutes long and from basically every game. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, almost every game, there's something that doesn't go our way that, that, that very easily could. Um, should. And, and, and should. Hmm. So, you know... It doesn't feel like we ever get. For example, Brighton right now will probably feel it was offside, but I, uh, you know, we're lucky we we that they used VAR in a way that wasn't intention. It's not intended for right. That that I think as a Brighton fan, I'd say that we never get those. We never get those like luck. You know, sort of lucky breaks. 
sort of, you know, the moment sort. And, you know, I'm sure we have had one or two, but it feels like we've never really benefited from those to any, for any meaningful reason, which is really frustrating. Uh, second half, the three four three started to work much better. We were winning the ball higher at the pitch. As I said, Sambi was able to stretch his legs. Did Saka dive? Because I thought there was contact. There is contact. Um, here's the issue and the nuance with that, though. Saka has the, the referee has allowed Saka to be kicked out of the game so much that he is having to move out of the way of challenges. And so that's what he starts to do. He tries to get out of the way. The player still clips him and he's moving at such a fast pace that he goes down. It's not a dive. Does he make the most of it? Yes. But there's contact. Mm. There's enough contact to send him over. Yeah. Especially seeing as he's literally having to jump out of the way of another ridiculous challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I yeah. love, it's just classic that I've seen so many dives in the last few games against Arsenal not be booked for simulation. Yeah. And then the one times. time that there's, yeah, the one time that there's an argument that maybe Saka has simulated something, it gets booked for it. It's fucking mental. The referees in this country are atrocious, mate. But we yeah, didn't lose the game because of the referees. We no, didn't no, no, lose no, no, the game didn't. because of the referees. No, today. we didn't. And, and I'm also very aware that we are definitely biased <laughs> do you know what i mean but all we can all we can say speak of is from our, is our experience and every game almost every game that feels like there is something, something yeah that is just like oh, come on or a couple of things that just feel like for goodness sake um we're bright we're picking up a lot of yellows as well um i don't think they should have had anyone sent off but like you know sanchez at the end that feels like an arsenal red do you know what i mean you know when he's time when, when he's when he's time wasting and he does it again that feels like a if that was Jacka moment, you know, it's 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 all this stuff. I don't understand it. What's the point of yellow carding players for time wasting if you're just going to allow them to keep time wasting after you've given them that initial yellow card? And Robert Sanchez time wastes for about 45 seconds in stoppage time. And then he blows as soon as it hits six minutes. Like yeah. I don't. Yeah, that's so true. I sort of it, thought that as well. It it literally doesn't. It doesn't make sense. If you're going to book somebody for time wasting and then they do it again book them again, send them off. But if if you're not going to send them off, at least add the time that they've wasted onto the, st- on, like do what you're actually meant to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more, Brad. Um, I mean, their goal was like fucking prime Barca, mate. <laughs> it felt, you know, it felt like, you know, when um, you have sliders on on FIFA, like it just felt like everything was going to the right place. It was so bizarre, and the the shot was so powerful and accurate. It was just like, oh, like it's just like, of course, Brighton score two goals for the first time in like six games. Do you know what I mean? It's just it's so fucking classic. Um. Anyway, let's stop being victims. Uh, good bit of work from Saka on the left. Shit happens. Uh, for Pepe, who gets a block from Dunk. Sambi has a nice, good long shot. Um, and the moment where it goes off the crossbar twice, it just felt like a fucking... It just felt like one of those days. And although the Odegaard thing happens, it feels like a a very... I mean, it's, you know, it comes off Welbeck. So in a way, I feel... Um, uh, I don't know. I feel I have mixed feelings about it because I, I quite like Danny Welbeck. But, um, but you know, it, it could have it galvanised something. But I always felt, especially when that Enketia won... When Sanchez saved it, I just felt as though this was this just not our day. And look, mistakes were made. I I, th- I believe Arteta got it wrong in some points today. 
I I have questions over the individual performances and all sorts of stuff. We'll get to more sort of top four chat. I I don't feel as catastrophic, especially after forty five minutes of talking about it, as I did, um, as I think a lot of people do. To be honest, I think it's I I don't I, it doesn't it doesn't feel like a sort of we got rolled over. It feels like one of those days where nothing, where we we as you said, it was self inflicted, but also nothing went our way, and that's what happens. Yep. Uh, anything else on the game, Brad? Nah. Nah. We'll see you. After this. Oh, jeez, Dad, not the car again. Oh, happens all the time with old Betsy. Have you checked out Carvana yet? They have thousands of cars for under $20,000. But do those thousands of cars have personality like old Betsy? Betsy's held together by tape. And there are raccoons living in the engine. It's a family car. Uh, there are flames on the hood? Ah, custom paint job. No, Dad, the car's on fire. How many cars did you say Carvana had? Visit Carvana.com to shop thousands of cars for under $20,000. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. News and Views. Welcome back to News and Views, where we give you all the news and all your views, but mostly ours. Just a quick reminder that if you do enjoy these podcasts, please subscribe, uh, turn on notifications, leave us a review. Please leave us a review. If you're on Apple Podcasts and you're still listening, you must like the podcast. Come on. You're 48 minutes in. Um, so if you wouldn't mind leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, that'd be and great. 61 episodes. Yeah. 63 episodes. Are we? With what? Yeah, no, what are we at? This is, no, this is 64, I think. So about, if you've listened to all season. 64 episodes come on, of season two. Come on. Come on. Come on. Uh, Leave us with you. And please support us on Patreon. We get access to ad-free versions of the main podcast and the preview podcast for just £3 a month. And for one-time support, head to buymeacoffee.com where you can... Buy me a coffee. Kill this fly. Uh, anything you can give, monthly or one-off, helps the podcast. The links are in the show description. I always feel bad about killing flies. What if they're creatures of God? What if they have kids? I imagine they do. I imagine they have, they have a lot of kids. You've, imagine how many kids you have if you're a fly. You've murdered a father of 47. I was watching... Um, uh, what was I watching? I was watching a David Attenborough the other day. And there was like something like 100,000 emperor penguins. And they all got, they all leave to go get some food for their young and they come back and it's like literally a, a whole hundred thousand people a uh, hundred thousand like young emperor penguins on a beach and all the mums and dads manage to find them by having a specific mating a specific call that they can remember from their kid and they go and find them and like it was just like to the human ear it was just like eh, eh, eh. but everyone was slightly different so you can tell which is who which i think is incredible Shows you the limitations of the human mind. Anyway, I'll uh, <laughs> I'll shut up. Uh, we had some views, Brad. Yes. Uh, at Flex Offender ninety six says Lacquer or the last from Bendit like Beckham. Who would you go Christ for? Christ Almighty! Get Kira Knightley in there. It's Kira Knightley in the film, isn't it? <laughs> go on, give get it, her in there. Give it Knightley to the end of the season. Get ki- <laughs> <laughs> You are nothing. You are a fool. You, you are, are a, a waste of time. Good night. You are a pirate. You are a fool. I look quite pretty. Uh, Leo Branks <laughs> says, 
Are we finished? Could be Bronx. I mean, is Brex. this a good... T- sh- should we, should yeah, we, we get on to the top four chat? Let's do some top four chat. Uh, Actually, before we do that, can I just say no- something? Can I just say something? <sighs> yeah, go on. Neil Warnock has retired, which is kind of him because he's running wow. himself out of the Man United man- uh, manager race, you know, for them. And he, you know, he doesn't want to confuse Early. that process. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't want to... You know, it must be difficult for them to decide. So uh, he, he's, he's, he's respectfully taking a back seat and saying, look, I get it, guys. Uh, you know, it's Ten Hag, Pochettino or me. And uh, you've got to die to get three points. So um, I understand. Oh, fuck's sake. Um, Are we finished, Brad? What, what a legend. What a legend. Um, okay, top four. Uh, it's obviously not finished. Spurs could still drop points, even though I think they're beating Villa 1-0 right now. Um, Yeah, Spurs can still drop points. uh, And I think it's between us and Spurs, you know, with the United loss as well today. Um, It just makes things inevitably harder because now, you know, what we had was the right to lose against United and Chelsea. Uh, We could almost write those games off. Now we don't have that, that cushion anymore. You know, these were two must win games. So we gave ourselves, you know, gave ourselves room to, to lose games further down the line. Um, yeah, uh, it makes things more difficult. Do I think it's now less likely? Yeah. My gut feeling is that Spurs will take it now. Because they're yeah. a team on very, they're a team very much coming into form, and we're a team very much coming out of form at the wrong time. We've also lost two of probably our four most important players in the space of a week. Mm. Imagine if you took Romero, uh, Kane, and Son. Kane yeah. and Son out of out of that team. You know, it just cripples them. That's what's happened to us in losing Thomas Partey and losing Kiratini and still not having Takahiro Tomiyasu. You know, um, you just like saying his full name. <laughs> I do. I love it. I love it. Uh, so look, uh, it, it's a little bleak right now. There's still there is still hope. It, it'll be a failure and disappointing because we will have thrown it away. You know, we were we were so far in the driving seat that we really shouldn't be in this situation now. But sometimes you have to just deal with the situations that that you're given. And you know, this is this is a question for the business in the summer. We, we, the whole reason we bought Tabarez was so if we lost Tierney again, we, there wouldn't be so much of a drop off. Um, and it, I, again, it just shows that another a right back needs to be purchased, but. There's there's just not a lot that we can do about this situation. It's a really disappointing way for the season to end because if Spurs get top four over us, I think it's it's go, it's going to do more with the drop off that we have in performance because we've lost two or three of our best players to injury for the rest of the season rather than a fair fight. Yeah, and I would yeah. I, I'm I would I I would happily it would disappoint me. I would happily lose top four in a fair fight. If, if it was a fair run in and the teams that we played and lost to were better than us and it just so shook out that way, I'd be like, you know what? Fair enough. What's really gutting is it feels like our season will now be defined by the fact 
that we've got too many injuries. And, you know, it's come out that the that apparently Kieran Tierney has been having a problem with that knee for a little while. So it's it's also management issues in that injury sense. So frustrating that we've Yeah. Can't I, seem to learn. I always feel though on those on those things this and this is not to absolve Arteta or is it Steve Clark who's the, I can't I don't know who the uh, Scotland manager is. It's also management issues on the player's side because the player is the only one who can feel their body. So if they feel like they're not able to continue, they have to, and maybe they did, I don't know. I'm just saying it always gets pinned on the people who picked them. Whereas I'm like, they if the player says I'm fine, what are you going to do? You're going to pick him. He's Kieran Tierney. You, you play him. So yeah, it's a, it's an unfortunate situation. Um, the Yeah, I think you said something recently, which I really agreed with. Um, you actually said something that was really clever, Brad. Can you imagine it? Wow, that's that's not fair. That's uh, that's a role reversal. Um, Very smart. You are Bradley. You are. I love you. Um, love you the, too. The you said, and I, I keep referencing it. I'm not sure the game, the North London derby, will decide top four for us, but I think it will decide it for them. And I really agree with that. Until now. I think now that will decide yeah. who, who gets top four. And I think that becomes, it just becomes yeah. an even bigger game. You know, we're still, if we win our game in hand, which you never know, we're, we're still, um, we're still going to be on level on points. We play Manchester United, um, which I think they're, they're out of the race basically now, but, but, um, but you know, that's a, That's still a big game. It's, it could be a big boost for us. If we get no more injuries, I don't know what happens, but I agree with you. It, it feels frustrating. Uh, Tim Stillman said something that was something along the lines of like, I feel like I've seen this film so many times where we're chasing for something, we get a big injury and then we, we tail off and it is really frustrating. That has to be solved by squad building, but we can't do anything about it now. Mm-hmm. The question then becomes what, what, how do we view this season if we come, if we come fifth? And to me, it will be a disappointment to not get top four considering where we were, but taking everything into account, the age profile of the squad, where we're at in the project, what happened with injuries, as long as we feel as though we don't just melt. You know, today, I appreciate we, we made mistakes, but I, I feel like we corrected them in-game and we're playing okay. I will be disappointed, but I won't view it as a failure. And I think those two are, are distinct to me. I think here's the thing. This is going to sound weird. I think it's a failure and a success at the same time. I think... Making it... Neither. Top top six, <laughs> top six is progress. And that's what I asked for at the beginning of the season. Uh, gets us back into Europe, gives us more money to play with, with the great work we've done with the wage bill. Top four was in our hands and we had the opportunity to decide our own destiny and to not let, not even make this a race and to just have it sewn up. Yeah, We have failed in doing that. And so the fact that we haven't got it is a failure. Just, you know, it, it's, 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 it's a strange dichotomy almost to have a, a, a big failure in the middle of a successful season almost. And I think most people, if you'd have told Arsenal fans, they'd, you know, have a run in at top four and come fifth, would have been pleased with that. But it is, it's more the the situation around it and the reality around it that we were so obviously the favourite. We had opportunities to build that gap, make that gap, and we didn't take them. 
and we we let them slip away from us and that's why it would it would unfortunately i think mean that we would one thing that would have been great about getting champions league football this season is that i think that we go into next season with a united fan base that aren't asking that there there's not a single question left to ask of the manager i think if we fall off now and we don't get top 4 there will still be a section of the fan base and in part 5 to 10% of my brain going we threw this away we need to keep our eye on what we're doing it would i wouldn't be entering next season with 100% confidence and i think that is the main disappointment is that we had the opportunity to really prove who we are and go into the season after with a really strong start confidence behind the team and the opportunity to sell a great project with young players in the Champions League to to you know other prospects losing that is gutting and will have a knock on effect to the way that the 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 manager is viewed the word bottle job will be thrown around because in some sense we I don't know if I'd call it a bottle job because, you know, you can't bottle injuries. You literally, you can't, you can't plan for those things in, in every circumstance. You should be better at adapting to them, but it's just, it mars the season a little bit, which is a shame, even though it shouldn't, if that, if that makes sense. I think that's the kind of conundrum I'm living with. Yeah. I, I I respect your opinion. I I just I can't call it a failure to me because because what no, I ex- understandable. what I expected at the beginning of the season was between fifth and sixth. I think I, I think I said I think I said that's what we should be getting, and and I think I also said if we get above that, that's amazing. But we would be exceeding expectations, and if we get below that, then that is a failure. Of course, Do you know what I mean. So like it's 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 a very specific goal, and it looks like we're going to get there or above. So I can't call it a failure. I respect no, that I from where we were, we have you know yeah probably close to bottled it because even with with the injuries to Thomas Party etc etc, we should have gotten past Brighton. We should have got past Palace. Um, we should. So you know we should still be in the driving seat considering where we mm-hmm. were, and we're now in the hands of um, Spurs and. West Ham, et cetera, et cetera. And, and probably uh, my instinct is it'll go right to the end and I can't call it, but I think it'll go right to the end. So we'll see. We'll see. But I uh, I understand what you say about I'll still have questions over the manager. I think everyone will always. <laughs> if Liverpool have three games uh, where they lose, people start asking questions about Klopp because expectations have raised. Do you know what I mean? So I think there will always be questions about the manager. That is not something we should particularly worry about. The only thing we should worry about is the idea of the process and where if we think we're moving forward in that, if we think we're getting the right players in, if we think we're stepping up, the big thing for me in the summer, yeah. and Arteta has spoken about a big summer coming up, is the squad composition. We have to start filling in those those gaps. We can't be so reliant on the likes of Erdogan, the likes of Saka, the likes of Partey, we have to start finding other solutions um, and become a, a fully rounded squad, not only to compete in Europe, but also to stop these types of situations occurring because we may be in another top four race next season. I, like, I think that's probably most likely, hopefully we'll be pushed on, but I think hopefully we'll be looking comfortably top four and hopefully pushing for third. I think that's about where we'll be. Um, 
but we can only get there and not be in these kinds of situations if we add to the squad and and continue to develop as a side. And that's that's what I'm looking for personally. Okay, Bramley. Just a quick update on the word of the game battle. Uh, pressure, your pressure beat inevitable. And Octagon said, Vietnam level flashback. The wordsmith is at it again. BA6, AM6. So we're equal. Even Stephen. Bradley, we just got time. For a little bit of Arsenal trivia. The last uh, theme for last time was kit manufacturers. And I asked you, Arsenal was sponsored for a long time by Nike. Name one person who founded Nike. Reginald Nike? No, that was just a guess. It's just two names. I got no clue. Reginald Nike. <laughs> Phil Knight. Kanye West. It was not Kanye West as much as he wishes. It was Phil Knight and Bill Bowerman. I read Phil Knight's autobiography and it was one of those, you know, when someone's telling a story and you're like, this is not how it happened. <laughs> He's like, yeah, th- this is a lie. Which this is like fabrication. It might have, like, it might have. The, the the meeting that you had might have occurred, but were you there giving a rousing speech perfectly? And I stood up on the table, and everyone stared at me and thought I was glory. Like he's the whole thing is all just like, and I and like he'll be like like a scene from Ridley Scott, Ridley Scott's Gladiator. It, he he has cast himself in his own movie. He's like, yeah, and then I did the craziest thing. I went for a walk, and in that moment, I knew. That I would be the biggest CEO. You're like, no, you didn't. You didn't. You didn't. Sorry, you didn't. And if you did, you're delusional. Even if you got there. Um, and and there was all this stuff about like, you know, this guy made a mistake, so I fired him, and I'm glad I did. I'm like, so you you like it would be like someone would like like accidentally order the wrong material, and he just fired them, and he'd be like, well, that's it's what you got to do in business. I'm like, it's not. You're just a prick. You just laying people off for no a bad reason. person you're abandoning someone for making a mistake at work so there you go and you still and, you, and you've had 60 years to think about it and haven't changed anyway uh <laughs> sounds like he's shagged my wife <laughs> uh the theme for next week bradley gave me was cup final team sheets so i'd like to ask you to name three players who were on the bench in bradley's favorite game ever the 2006 Champions League final for Arsenal. Name three players who are on the bench for the 2006 Champions League final for Arsenal. And like a theme, please, for next week. Oh, God. Why? Why ask about that final? You're obsessed with it. Okay. All you could talk about. Early, um, early doors of no, the of the sh- Divinot podcast. Sh- you Literally, I'd be like, so what do you think about Willian? You'd be like, yeah, Willian's all right. The thing is, remember 2006? <laughs> Uh, the quote theme and you're for, off. sorry yeah that's it done theme for next week Arsenal top four battles Arsenal top four battles okay, that's a good one we'll finish as we do Bradley ah, what a beautiful it. quote the little book of Arsenal <clears throat> Patrick Vieira when you see them keeping the manager Wanting to build a 60,000-seat ground, wanting to win things, that's the ambition I have. I believe in the chairman and the board. I believe they'll put everything right to make Arsenal one of Europe's biggest clubs. (laughs) 
how wrong you were, Patrick. Okay. Bradley, pleasure as always. Always, mate. Always. Always a pleasure. Never a chore. Uh, we'll be back. When will we be back? Keep the faith. Yeah, keep the faith, guys. I'm seeing a lot of like, it's over. Top four's done. We've st- we- if we win our game, we're st- on level points with Spurs and we play them. Calm down. Calm down. Uh, we play again next Saturday, so we'll have a podcast out for you around then. And keep dreaming. Keep believing. Anything to say, Bradley? Any wise words? Any allegories that you think the audience can could use to pep up their weekend? I remember, and maybe this is one for you to look at. I can't remember what year it was. I remember uh, my family couldn't afford Guy Sports when I was little. Um, and I remember sat on my sofa watching Sky Sports News. Last game of the season, I think Arsenal needed not only to win, but needed a bad result for Spurs to get into the top four. And that day I felt sick. It was awful. And then Arsenal won. I think Spurs drew or lost. And we got into the top four. And it was amazing. One of, like, I remember like jumping up and down on my sofa. This is why we like football these yes, races exactly and I will always take i will always take the disappointments of now but being in the race than just not being in the race at all mate you're so right you're i would so rather right. i would rather heartbreakingly lose out on fourth and finish fifth than just get sixth of course you or, or, or to just get fifth and have them miles away from us i would rather the heartbreak because these are the things that connect us to the club and that make us feel alive this is the beauty of the game. The disappointments are just as important as the triumphs. Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock podcast. Please hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're using. If you'd like to support the show, you can find us on Patreon and buymeacoffee.com, find us on Twitter at DiffKnock, and visit our website, thedifferentknock.com. Thanks. Podcast Network.